You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tell Ambassadors Jakar and Lando I want to see them in chambers now. Then invite them again as firmly and as politely as you can. Captain, either you snore or last night we had a hell of a breach in the hole. What do I do now? Uh, old style, you roll over and go to bed. New style, you go out for pizza and I never see you again. What's inside there? One moment of perfect beauty. Hello and welcome to the Epsilon 3, a Babylon 5 rewatch podcast. Each week, we review an episode of the 1990s sci-fi TV classic, Babylon 5. This week, Season 2, Episode 22, The Fall of Night. I'm Paul. I'm Dan. I'm Sean. And And we we are are the the Epsilon 3. And the synopsis. The command staff are caught between a rock and a hard place when Sheridan agrees to give sanctuary to a Narn warship, while Earth Force attempts to placate the increasingly aggressive Centauri Republic. And the Night Watch begins to expand their influence on the station. Written by JMS and directed by Janet Greek, this episode was released on the 15th of August, 1995. Very nearly um, the same date as we're recording, in fact. Hmm. Um, And November the 1st, 1995 in the US. It takes place from December the 18th to December the 24th, 2259. And the guest stars Roy Detrice as Frederick Lance. Roy Detrice is the father of Michelle Detrice, who is the wife of Frank Spencer in Some Mothers Do Have Them. Mm-hmm. There you go. Bit of trivia as we throw in there, which means nothing to you two because you're far too young to remember it. Oh, oh, Betty. Yeah, I know that. Exactly. I, I have no idea. What you're <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Mike Oh, I've got his name, Michael. Michael Crawford. Michael Crawford. He was a big West End star. He was a great. He was actually a better actor than TV had him. He was you know, much better, especially in that series. He played a really inept, stupid mother, Molly coddled, um, adult, should we say? And his wife was, uh, you know, a sort of more stronger sort of character. But he would always get into scrapes and you know, play the idiot and a lot of slapstick comedy, which he played brilliantly. And, and some of the stunts that he did were, were incredible. Uh, but it was the woman who played his wife was the daughter of uh, Roy Detrees. So anyway, uh, back on track. Uh, Jeff Conway as Zach Allen. Uh, Juliana Donald as pilot number one. Rick Hamilton as Mitch Harvey. Robin Sachs as war leader Nakal. Uh, uh, John Vickery as Mr. Wells. Donovan Brown as Pac Mara ambassador. Josh Cox as Lieutenant Corwin. Elizabeth Garver as tech number two. Mark Hendrickson as Narn number one, Joshua Lee Patton as Human and Membari Kosh. Um, where are we? Kim Strauss as Drazi Ambassador. He's back again. And we have uh, uncredited Bill Blair as Alien and Stephen Austin, oh my goodness, Scodiles as Shopkeeper, who you see in the background. Okay, Sean, what did we think of this episode? Well, this was a pretty freaking good episode, way better than last week's offering. Uh, one of the probably best episodes of the season. Uh, it's, it's definitely up there. It's got a lot of good stuff. It's got shadows. Um, 
the, the, the sad part, of course, is that my favorite character, Warren Keffer, who I was so invested in throughout <laughs> the last two seasons, makes his ultimate demise and sacrifice in this episode. And, oh, such wasted potential. No, I'm just kidding. He was a character I didn't give a care about at all. And I wasn't sad to see him go. But, uh, you know, it was, it was a fantastic episode. We'll find out the reason uh, why he left at the end of the uh, show in the trivia. But yes. Oh, I can't, I can't yeah. wait. Mm. Uh, so, Dan, what did you think? I was going to say the exact same thing. I mean, Warren, I mean, so much time invested in this character from watching pornographic home videos in uh, the first scene we ever met him to, so for some reason, having drinks with the command staff and then getting a little bit sad when these gropos that he met for two days suddenly died. That's all we got to know. Oh, and he saw something weird in hyperspace and got a bit you know, wacky about it. That's all we learn about him. That's Where's only... his action figure? Where? Yeah, he's, where, exactly. Where is his action figure? With his little pine cone, like, hanging there. <laughs> oh, Susan Ivanova action figure. Oh, man. Oh, wow. With her own Star Fury and everything. Oh, Please tell wow. me there's a button you press and she just swears at you constantly. Yeah. <laughs> but she says, next time I'll use live ammo. <laughs> that's right <laughs> that uh, but that is i mean all kidding aside warren is the only thing that i think brought it down for me and that he had something to do because i we just i'm not invested in that character yeah. everything else is just tip top absolutely good but as we were talking just before we started recording it's it's slightly tinged because just two weeks ago we had one of my favorite episodes and this one is good but is it as good as that one? And that's the bit I'm struggling with on my ratings. So maybe we'll discuss well, it and, and talk it through. I'm sure. I'm sure we will because yeah, you know, I've been waiting for this episode. I'm like, mm. which one is it? The one where we see the subway car explosion and and Sheridan sails through the air and he gets saved by the angel. Like I couldn't remember mm. where it fell in the series, but uh, I've been waiting for it since we started the rewatch. And here it is. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly the same thing with me. It's the only episode I remember from my first ever watch. Um, and I remembered this piece because it is um, uh, physically, in other words, physics. Physically, it's correct. Mm. Um, and I remember the whole angel bit and the reveal of Kosh and all that, but I didn't particularly remember which episode it was in, but I remember that scene. So when I watched it, uh, I think it was about three or four years ago, um, I couldn't, exactly like you, Sean, I couldn't remember where it was in the whole series, where it, where it lay, uh, because, I rem- because I remembered it from my, f- my, first, uh, my first watch, uh, back in 95 because I remembered mm-hmm. it from then I knew it was going to be an episode that stuck in me and you know therefore I could you know I remembered I'd seen that episode so when I come to rewatch it uh three years ago it was the first time I saw the whole five seasons in one go uh, because I hadn't seen the last two and the reason you know I don't know what the reason was for that uh whatever um you know, it was um yeah so this episode means a lot to me because I remember that that part um so anyway, let's let's get into it. As season one, as season one, season one, uh, as I can't say that without doing it in American. Zeta leader. Zeta. Uh, Zeta. Zeta. Yeah. Zeta. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that leader, uh, Warren Keffer, makes a mistake and he's killed. Well, you see, Sean, you said he was going to die, and right at the beginning of the show, he's oh, oh no, sorry. Actually, it's just a training episode. Uh, training. Yeah. Scenario. Uh, it looks like Keffer needs more practice. If not, he could end up dead. 
Um, <laughs> you see, yeah. Linnea joins uh, Via for a drink at the bar and they talk about being left out of things. Sometimes I get so close and yet it seems I'm shut out of the important things. It's a useless feeling. The ambassador is definitely going through some changes. He even looks different. Indeed. And now with the military starting to stampede over everyone and everything. People coming and going and secret meetings. You never know what it's all about until later when it's too late. And they never listen to us. It makes, makes me nervous. nervous. Same time tomorrow? Sure. And then finish off by saying... <laughs> Same time tomorrow. Same time tomorrow. <laughs> that was great. I want this as a whole Lower Decks thing. I really want this <sighs> spin-off. When they reboot the series, I just want the attaches to all the ambassadors to have their own side spin-off to the show that's all happening at the same time as the main show is going on. And the title of that of that series will be called Attaché, bless you. <laughs> or three be, Americans, Gunt, <laughs> It could be a half-hour sitcom that precedes the one-hour show immediately, from, like like right after, but showing yes. the, the lower guys from their perspective in a comedy part of it. Oh, that wow, yeah. Awesome. Mm. That would be great. I, I would definitely tune in for that. <laughs> oh yeah, so good. With those two, unfortunately, yeah, with those two characters and those two actors, yes. But unfortunately, we've only got one left. So yeah, we have to find somebody else to do it. Maybe in the reboot. Um. So where are we? Uh, the, uh, yeah, the pilots have returned, and Ivanova tells Sheridan that the Pakmara and Drazi ambassadors are waiting in his office. Sheridan wants the drill increasing to three times a week, and Ivanova says she will issue live ammo as it will have an inspirational effect on the, on the pilots. The ambassadors state that the Centauri have invaded both of their territories, and the war is spreading, and soon they may even attack Earth. Sheridan has Malari brought to his office, and they get straight to the point. Ambassador Malari, as you requested. Captain, I will have you know I was in the middle. What the hell do you think you are doing? Do not address me in that tone of voice. I came here out of goodwill because I was told that you... are moving in on the Drazi and the Pakmara. You are destabilizing the whole area. What's wrong? Bombing the Narn back to the Stone Age wasn't enough for you? We are trying to stabilize the region, Captain. Putting a buffer zone around the Centauri Republic will lessen tensions and decrease the risk of conflict. You call it a buffer zone. The Drazi call it an invasion. They are exaggerating. What the hell do you think you're doing? Malari. Malari says that the Centauri are stabilising the region and creating a buffer zone. But where will it stop? We are merely establishing a presence. Well, where does that presence end? Tell me that, Ambassador. Show me on the map where it's going to end. Lando. Everything is falling apart and the Centauri are at the centre of it all. Can't your people see that? Can't you see that? I do not have to listen to this. Sheridan asks Garibaldi for some information about his old friend, Malari. I don't know if you noticed the backdrop in this scene. Uh, it's actually one of the better ones. I mean, it's still, you can still see it's not real, you know, mm -hmm. because it's, you know, 1994, uh, 95, 96. Uh, but it is one of the better ones. I th when I first saw it, I thought, oh, they've actually built a model and then filmed the model and, and put it in the background. That's clever. And then realised it's actually just a backdrop, a painting. So it's it makes it even more impressive. But it is one of the more detailed. Well, we've had pretty poor, fuzzy, distant pictures in the past. This one's really good. I liked it. Uh, Garibaldi says... Like being stuck on a wild horse. You don't want to get thrown, so you hang on even harder. He's trapped. You know, half the time, 
I'm so furious with the guy I could break his neck. The other half, I feel sorry for him. That is a great analogy of his character. Yeah, so. he's just scared. Yeah, he's, he's, he's he can't get off. Yeah, he just can't get off. Yep. Mr. Lance, uh, Betty Spencer's dad, turns up with a night watch official. They want to take a first-hand look at the things to make sure they are doing the right thing. Uh, Keffer talks to Mitch about uh, the ghosts they have been seeing, and he gets some serious screen time at last. I mean, this is this is great. He wants to go out looking for them again. Good old Warren. But this screen time was also overshadowed by those incredible cravats. Did we see the neckties going on? The fashion sense is just top notch. Did you not see the? I just couldn't draw my eyes away from. It. I was I was completely out of their conversation. I was just drawn to their necks. It was just you know, it was unbelievable. Just real fashion sense here. <laughs> I hadn't spotted that. Like oh over, god! Overshadowed go, you. Go back, go back and watch it. You will not watch anything else ever again. It will just just will be staring at their necks the whole time. <laughs> their their eyes are up here, but just stare at their necks. You know what I'm doing now, don't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I honestly thought they were going to sort of get him off and start, you know, hitting each other like they were in a duel or something. And then he gets the information out of him because he won. They're ridiculous. They really are. <laughs> oh, the neckties. Oh, he's wearing a necktie. It's not. A... Yeah. They look like cravats. I'm sorry. They're oh, they not do, neckties. Actually. They look like cravats. Well, he's got his tie in a knot, whereas um, Mitch has got his more sort of tucked down a bit. He's got his zip right up to his neck, so you can hardly see it. It's a red and white one. I was hard, I was kind of expecting some sort of like coat wire hangers to sort of like have them off to the side, like old fashioned World War One pilots, like they're stuck <laughs> as if they've been walking through the air. <laughs> Kenny Everett style. Just Kenny Everett style, <laughs> just off to the side. Like, I'll have you know, I'm from Cedar Wing. Uh, yes, yeah, so they talk about ghosts. Um, and then Ivanova uh, has some uh, general chit chat with Lance about Christmas and, uh, and the Winter Solstice Festival in Geneva and the war and death and making it a better place to live. I genuinely believed him. I, I genuinely thought he was a nice guy, that actually this Ministry of Peace, although an evil organisation, he was one of those nice guys that they're using to you know, create legitimacy and, and sort of appear like they are the nice guys they really are, because I think he genuinely wanted peace. He was just right. too stupid to realise what was going on. Yeah. I mean, come on. The Ministry of Peace. We've seen, mm -hmm. we've seen our previous uh, you know, guy who's popped up and talks really nicely and softly about how they're going to kill anybody who gets in the way. Mm -hmm. Sorry, have a word. Pull up to one side, show them the errors of their ways. An armed heavy cruiser appears on the far side of the planet and requests sanctuary. Ivanova... There's no sanctuary. <laughs> Harsh. Oh. oh, sorry, wrong show. <laughs> Ivanova and Mr. Wells of the Night Watch have a chat, and he tries to recruit her. He wants easy. Exactly, yeah. He wants help with the comings and goings of information that would be beneficial to them. He could help her get promoted quickly. Ivanova shows her loyalty and integrity and declines. And that's why she's one of the best characters in science fiction. Oh, damn right. Integrity. That's the word that you use with Ivanova. Shikar is told about the Narn heavy cruiser and is delighted to hear they will be offered sanctuary. And maybe... Earth will be picking sides in the war. What could possibly go wrong? Ain't it? Like it's it's the final episode of the season, so everything's going to go okay. Oh, of course, it'll all be nicely. <laughs> it'll all be nicely sewn up and and bundled up, and there we go. It'll be fantastic. 
Yeah, well, Babylon 5 is the last chance for peace, so of course yeah. it's going to work. It's out. the last yeah. episode, so it's in season two, so it's the last chance they've got for peace. Exactly. Did I watch a call together by Wells? Zach has not been doing his homework as there hasn't been much to report. That so was an uncomfortable, uncomfortable scene. So uncomfortable. Yeah. I was just yeah. about the same thing. Yeah. Just seeing him squirm, you could feel him just tensing up because he couldn't yeah. answer. Oh, so good. But all of his subordinates there going, well, well, we've been doing it. Why hasn't he been doing it? Mm. Dear, oh dear. Um, uh, Vickery is almost doing an impression of Alex Hyde White. If you remember Maccabee from um, The Shadows of Zahadoom, his accent becomes slightly British, slow and calm. <laughs> Zach is pressurised into for- informing on a shopkeeper who may have said something too small to mention previously. Mitch gives Keffer some data from his, san- uh, from his star fury about the shadows. He tells him he's looking, he's looking for death and he wants to be no part of it. I mean, death... No, Warren's a cast member. He's the leader of Zeta Squadron. He's getting more screen time now than he ever has. I mean, nothing's going to happen to him. It's in the opening credits. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing ever happens to people like that. Yeah, that's right. Look at Talia Winters. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. She'll be back. She'll be back. We can't can't lose two main cast members in one season. That's unheard of. Yeah. (laughs) But you know what's not unheard of? This podcast promo for another podcast right here on the ESO Network. Winter is coming. Prepare with a fine cigar and listen to the Cigar Nerds podcast. We smoke cigars and talk about movies and all kind of nerdy things. Available at CigarNerdPodcast.com. Also on the ESO Network at esonetwork.com. I, I swear, I'm, I'm seeing the future. I could sense you were about to doing it. I, I, did, I could see you setting it up. It was brilliant. <laughs> it just kind of flowed. <laughs> and remember, remember, it's never too late to sit back, relax, have a cigar, Listen to the cigar nerds and just look at all the people doing things that they're not doing correctly and tell us so we can inform on them. Give them a cigar. Make them feel wanted. We are not suggesting that the cigar nerds will imprison your family. Please do not report them. 50 credits for something I would do anyway? (laughs) Why not? And then he doesn't do it. (laughs) Yeah. That's so British. Oh, yeah, give me some extra money, but I'll just sit back and smoke my cigar and do nothing. (laughs) Yeah, the Epsilon 3 do not condone the use of cigarettes or cigars or tobacco in any way. But the cigar nerds do, so that's great. Mm, That's fine. Yeah. Balance, balance. Got to have balance in this. Very true. So where were we before I was rudely interrupted by this uh, promo guy? Are you saying the Cigar Nerds podcast brings balance to the force? Could be. Could be. Or is that a different show? <laughs> <laughs> no, they use force to bring balance. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah, I got you. Lance thanks an ambassador from the League of Non-Allied Worlds for his help. The poor guy playing him must must have spent ages in makeup. You know, he's got you know the, the alien. He's got you know uncredited anyway. So he gets all the makeup on, the prosthetics, you know, the the full mask. He's you know paints his hands up. He's given a pad to walk away from the camera so we don't actually see his face properly. <laughs> oh, 
Well, I bet he's, he was sat at home going, kids, kids, come out, family, mum, mum, dad, come see this. This is where I'm on screen. This is me now. Look, here I am. I, uh, it's me. It's me. Honest, it's me. He's still in character. He's so method. He's like, it is me, Drazi Ambassador. <laughs> Poor guy. Uh, anyway, he's ready to speak to Malari when Jakar turns up. Uh, but Lance does not want to talk to him, evading him to get to Malari. The heavy cruiser is struggling to keep themselves going. Sheridan promises to keep them safe. And Lance joins him on the CNC and tells Sheridan to stop practicing maneuvers against the Centauri. He is here to sign a non-aggression treaty with the Centauri. We will at last have peace in our time. Have yeah, you heard that before? Yeah. yeah, not mirroring anything at all. Like no oh. one's standing there with a piece of white paper. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's worth as you know, as much as the paper it's printed on. <laughs> uh, Sheridan is livid. Ivanova gives him a, a Christmas Hanukkah gift. Shrapnel from the Black Star. He's a piece of space junk. <laughs> yeah. But it proves that sometimes the impossible is possible. The fact that he took down you know, one of the big cruisers when nobody thought it could be done. Sure. Just Surely that... I mean, knowing where this Delenn and Sheridan show is going, like that's going to be an awkward conversation, isn't it? Having that mounted on the... Yeah. Hey, honey, <laughs> what's that on the mantle? <laughs> well, you see. <laughs> is that like that? That's the lover's tiff. Is like she keeps moving it to places where it can't be seen. She kind of hides <laughs> it behind other things. And then he moves it back and then she gets like a little bit more angry and then she takes it out on him. In the meantime, Malari is livid. He's heard about the heavy cruiser. He comes on the view screen and starts shouting at uh, Sheridan. How does he do that? How does he activate a view screen in somebody's quarters or, the, or in the, wherever, he, wherever they are? And, you know, the poor guy could be naked. He could be banging Ivanova. He could be doing anything in there. And then, you know, suddenly just, boom, there he is. He just starts talking. There's a whole cut scene. I don't know if you saw it. It's on the Prime Video edit where you see this tentacle coming in and press the button in his thing and it goes back out of his room again. <laughs> Clever dick. Mm. It is. It is a very clever dick. <laughs> I mean, what was it? What would? What, what if Sheridan was naked or in the shower again? Yeah. <laughs> he keeps getting interrupted while he's having a shower. A Centauri battlecruiser appears, and Zeta Squadron is launched. Have they only got one squadron? Well, no, because we know Harvey <sighs> has the old broken down ships. Yeah, that's true. It's very true. Uh, yes, so, so Zeta Squadron is uh, launched to protect the Nile warship. He tells Malari uh, what what he what he has done and what he will do. Then the Centauri attack the Narn, Zeta Squadron, and Babylon Five as well. The Narn ship escapes, but the Centauri ship explodes. Sheridan is given a dressing dressing down, but defends his position. He has to give uh, an apology to the Centauri, so the treaty will go ahead. Kefa is escorting the Narn cruiser when. He gets a reading that he recognises and goes after it to investigate. Sheridan is preparing for his apology to the Centauri in his dress uniform. He gives, gives a good speech to himself. Hmm. Warren finds the shadows and records the vessel. Uh, he is scanning the ship and he ejects the record just before his ship is destroyed and him with it. Hang on. It's the main character. He's gone. I was sure we'd see him for the next few seasons. Oh, like, we're so invested. We, uh, that's gonna, what are they going to do? They're going to have to redo the, the credits? The, oh, dear, oh, dear. That's the shadows for you. You're completely inconsiderate for everyone working behind the scenes on the show. 
Yeah. Uh, and now for the part where we all remember, we, we mentioned this before, uh, the most memorable scenes of all. Sheridan enters the core shuttle to take him to the meeting where he will apologise. As this is the last episode of the season of season two, everyone has turned out. Uh, the core shuttle travels through the centre of the station where the gravity is virtually zero. So why isn't everybody floating around inside the shuttle? I don't get it, because people who are waiting for the shuttle have handrails to hold onto, so they don't float away. Uh, there's something amiss here. There's no, I mean, there's no seatbelts or anything, so pass. Everyone except Sheridan gets off at the next stop. And that is when Sheridan spots the bomb. He opens the sh shuttle doors and leaps out. But he's pretty much weightless. But when he hits the ground, that, that won't kill him. Which is not quite accurate. However, the rotation of the station at 60 mile an hour will mean he will... Uh, he will... I can't say it. He will collide with a building first. Delenn tells Kosh to save him. Kosh leaves his encounter suit. I thought that meant he would die. Isn't he in his encounter suit so he can breathe? Nope. Oh. So nobody recognizes who he is. Oh. And he's recognized by everyone. Well, whole almost everyone. Uh, mm. Yes, that's true. The whole station is talking about it, and Dylan tells Sheridan that the shadows will be worried that uh, Kosh has revealed himself, and it will give them time to prepare for their coming. However, although everyone saw their own Gabriel, Malari saw nothing. Sheridan gets a message that Kefa is missing. In the coming months after the Earth Centauri Treaty was signed, the Centauri widened their war to include the non-aligned worlds. The Night Watch started to round up anyone who spoke out about Earth policies. It was the last best hope for peace had failed. I guess it's the last best hope for victory now. Mm. Could be. Good, good bit of wording. They should put that in the credits next season. Yeah, I think they should. Yeah. Should we talk about the final? Oh. scene of the news broadcast yeah uh go on then i had forgotten about that bit something about uh keffer's um transmission is picked up by the news team and now we know about the shadows ah mm. true yes uh, well it's been leaked hasn't it that's the interesting yes. thing because it's a top mm. secret uh, piece of recording who who had that recording mm. sheridan was given it wasn't he well, it was it was sent on a tra tra trajectory with the homing beacon to get back to Babylon Five. Yeah, who intercepted it? We don't know. This is true. This is true. But yeah, there you go. We all know what the shadows look like. But and but good old Earth, they're going to send. They're going to go find out who who they are. Absolutely. Mm. It's a mysterious species. Mm, species. Okay, trivia. Um, Mister Lance's comment that there will be peace in our time. Uh, after Earth has signed the non-aggression treaty with the Centauri, is taken directly from British Prime Minister Neville Chamberlain in his 1938 speech after the Munich Accords were signed with Hitler. I have a piece yeah. of paper in my hand. Uh, the character of fighter pilot Warren Keffer had actually been pushed on executive producer Michael J. Straczynski by the studio. Straczynski solved the problem by killing off the character. <laughs> that explains it because he stuck out like a sore thumb. Yeah. yeah, I don't know why the studio had put him in there and said you must have him in there. Um, maybe it was a a brother of an uncle of a friend of the studio mm. 
top dog or whatever. I don't know. Well, last season they were selling Kawasaki's and that's how they got the sponsorship. So maybe this <laughs> this season was sponsored by Cravats for you and uh, that they were just going to show it off in the last episode. That explains it. Mm. Yeah. I Oh, I thought they were sponsored by Angel Delight. Ah, could be. Mm. As the Babylon fighters are escorting the Narn ship through the jump gate, one of the upper ships can be seen to disappear instead of entering the jump gate. Mm. I, did, I did spot that. In the commentary, JMS relates some trivia, namely that Ivanova's uh, stat bar is mixed uh, on the shoulder, is mixed both gold and silver to mark her rank as a lieutenant commander, and that full commanders have solid gold uh, stat bars, assuming they're both not in security or medical, which are green or red respectively. However, in Babylon 5, Revelations, Ivanova was promoted to full commander by Sheridan, so Ivanova's stat bar was incorrect for the remainder of her time on Babylon 5 at least until Sheridan promoted her to captain in Babylon 5 Rising Star. Oh, oops. Mm. And that's all the trivia. So, Sean, are there any Star Trek connections this week? There's a few, yeah. Let me uh, bring those up here for you. We've got uh, a few people that are returning, We like John Vickery. Um, he played uh, Gal Rosette in a few episodes of Deep Space Nine and uh, TNG's Night Terrors. Uh, Robin Sachs was in... Uh, Voyagers, the void as General Valen, but we have a new one here. Pilot number one, played by Juliana Donald. She was in uh, the Next Generation's Matter of Perspective as Tina. She was in Deep Space Nine's Profit Motive as Emmy. She was in the Star Trek Borg video game, and she's recently been in the Trek Untold podcast. Mm. Yeah, a podcast I hadn't heard of. I need to go and find that. I believe it's a video podcast. Oh, is it? Oh, right. Well, you was converted to MP3. Okay, thank you, Sean. Um, ratings. Uh, our rating system is out of five for Babylon 5. And IMBD, IMDB, indeed, uh, scores those out of 10. So their score is 9.1, which is pretty high. Um, yeah. which is equivalent uh, for a 4.55 out of uh, Babylon 5 jump gates. Uh, Sean, what did you think of this episode? I think it was fantastic. Uh, not the best episode in the entire world, but it's pretty great. It's got all the things that we need. It's got battle scenes. It's got uh, death-defying leaps of the imagination. We get to see who Kosh is. Uh, it's it's just really good, and I've been waiting for the uh, the Angel of Mercy here for quite a while. So I am going to agree with IMDb, and I'm going to give it a four point five. Ooh, damn! What do you think? Yeah, uh, Kosh, I knew revealed himself at some point, like before uh, everything that's about to happen in season three, and I was glad to see that this was the episode that I was thinking of. Um, not as fixed in the brain as uh you know into the um uh, the long twilight struggle and, and all the things that were happening on so you know seeing the centauri take out the non in that episode had stuck in the brain a little bit more than the events of this episode um but not to say it wasn't fantastic everything made sense it all linked together that's what i look for in all these episodes it you know it was exceeding what i was expecting for the end of the season and sets up everything i was expecting to see in season three the Ministry of Peace stuff, you know, I kind of wanted to have the same character come back, but it was nice to see there were other people who were being just as underhanded. And you see the two men, you see the the completely befuddled 
ambassador character who is just being used by the Ministry of Peace. He's he's sort of like the legitimate face because he had a nice, genuine reason to want peace. But it's the Ministry of Peace who are undermining it and they're actually using it for nefarious purposes to spy on everybody and, and incarcerate people for just criticising the government and the way they make the decisions. And Zach's um, little scene proves why he becomes such a big character later on as well. Um, he was so much more interesting in just that one scene than everything that Keffer had done for the entire season two. Um, so, yeah, I loved it. And it, I'm going to stick 4.5, just like Sean. Oh, okay. It's interesting. So, I yeah, I love this episode. I, I thought it was really, really good. Um, Zach Allen's character being put on the spot, and he realizes he because I was thinking, just get up and walk out. You know, mm-hmm. it's against all your principles. Just get up and walk out. And then I thought, but in doing that, he's going against the Night Watch. So the mm-hmm. Night Watch could just quite easily get hold of him and throw him in prison, or send him off to Earth to get. You know, interrogated. So he's put into a position where he doesn't want to be, and he, it's it is very awkward. And he sees the results of of, of the the very uh, people he's joined when the uh, the guy gets dragged uh, when the guy gets dragged away from the um, from his shopkeeping job, and they close down his his store. So yeah, that's that's a it's a big character um, uh, point there that I, I hope they expand and go on to do something with in, in season three. Mm. Um, I, I thought that although this episode is good, I thought it didn't think it was as good as uh, the the long Twilight struggle and also uh, Shadow of Zahadoom. So it, mm. it's sort of it's a really really good episode, uh, but there's, it's it's just not quite there. It does act, it, you know, the the fact that I remembered the scene after um, so many years of, of uh, Koshia's reveal uh, says to me that that was a powerful moment and that was a, a I, and because it's. Um, he jump, uh, Sheridan jumps out of the of the shuttle and floats slowly but surely, but floats towards, ironically, exactly where he wants to be, rather than floating off to some other place. Um, it, it, it's it's almost accurate physically, but not quite because he would actually be moving quite quickly. He would end up actually falling at terminal velocity because of the speed of the rotation. All of the air inside also is affected by that rotation and also all the gravity pushes it out that way it pushes everything not just uh, not just the things that are actually on the outer rim um so he should have actually started speeding up and then belted the floor pretty quick um weird to understand but that is actually how it works so uh, but having said that he floats down the least of your worries is about hitting the floor because you have these buildings and you have these sticky out bits that are spinning around at 60 mile an hour. One of them's going to smack you in the face before you even hit the floor. So that needs to be uh, sorted out. You need to be brought down pretty quick. But the fact that they can jetpack up there, get somebody and bring them down is is um, is quite good. Slightly worrying that they can't get there in time because if anybody else had fallen out by mistake or a child opens the door and falls out the shuttle, Oh yeah! Now we've got to go and get the suits. We've got to wait two minutes while we go find the suits and get them. And get they should have an automatic system up there, or maybe even some nets outside the gate, so you can't fall out. Anything like that. Something that deploys when the door opens, when the, while the thing's still moving. Um. Oh, but, um, besides the fact you shouldn't even open the doors when it's moving. Car doors lock themselves. We've got to say. Um, so yeah, no, sorry, I digress. But yeah, really good episode. I loved it to bits, and I'm going exactly with you. Four point five. Excellent. Hey. So there you go. Four point five right across the board makes it nice and easy. That's an average of four point five. 
um, and mirrors uh, pretty much IMDb. So yeah, we're all in agreement there. I think that's the first time that's ever happened. Yeah, well, quite possibly. I I could relook at those stats again and see whether that is the Don't case. Bother. But yeah, mm-hmm. maybe I will just go with it. <laughs> yeah. We we'll um, treat this as a Kefa moment. We don't really care. We just know it's true. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, um, I, I like the um, Susan Ivanova quote as well. You know, the, the, the whole ending of the show. Um. It was the end of the Earth Year 2259, and the war was upon us. As anticipated, a few days after the Earth Centauri Treaty was announced. The Centauri widened their war to include many of the non-aligned worlds. And there was another war brewing closer to home, a personal one whose cost would be higher than any of us could imagine. Okay, so that's the end of this episode. Join us again next week when we will be uh, doing some character uh, reviews, also reviewing a couple of the alien races, or maybe just one, I don't know. We'll make that decision later. Uh, The week after that, we'll do a full review of Season 2, And then we will take a couple of weeks off uh, to regather ourselves and uh, get a little bit of recording buffering going on. So we've got a little bit of uh, a a gap in between the the seasons that you listen to, but we will still record and we can uh, get ahead of the game. Uh, So in the meantime, uh, we will leave it there. Thank you very much and join us next week. We came to this place because Babylon 5 was our last best hope for peace. By the end of 2259, we knew that it had failed. But in so doing, it became something greater. As the war expanded, it became our last best hope for victory. Because sometimes peace is another word for surrender. And because secrets have a way of getting out. If you have any thoughts on this episode, why not send in some feedback to the epsilon3 at gmail.com. That's three, spelled T-H-R-E-E, not the number. Or you can find us on our Facebook page. Just search for the Epsilon 3. Now, if you have any other problems, any other questions at all, just ask. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. when our ship encountered a distress beacon attached to an Earth Force recording device. These images, released exclusively to ISN, were found on that recording. Strategic analysts in Earth Dome have indicated they don't know who this new race might be, but promise to find out. <laughs>